Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord, it's good good to be in your house this morning. It's good to be together with friends, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a good morning. Lord, we're thankful that we have this opportunity, this ability. Let us not take that for granted. Let us not forget that it is a privilege to come into your house, to spend time together and to worship you. Let us not let this be warming another, a pew another day. But rather, Lord, an opportunity to meet with you, to hear you speak into our lives, to be reminded that you heal people. Lord, as we have looked at these passages, and we'll look at another one today, I just pray. I pray that these words would be real to us, not a cute story, not a nice fable, but the truth real life, and not thousands of years ago, but today, that we would find healing in you. Lord, I ask this morning for your hand in our lives. We have walked in here to hear you speak to us. And so I ask, Lord, that we would be quiet and hear your voice this morning. You have heard our groanings. Scripture says that sometimes we can't even speak. It hurts so bad. And Lord, some have come this morning with that pain. They're broken. They're hurt. They're not even sure why they're here this morning. So, Lord, I ask that even now you would open their hearts, that they would hear your voice, that you would speak life into them. In your name we pray. Amen. You may remember that we've been talking for a couple weeks about the healing ministry of Jesus that's in Matthew. And uh, this is week number three. And we're going to read uh, Matthew uh, 18 through 26. I need my cheaters. I didn't, I, I'm not going to admit that, so I won't wear them. So I'll just have to, maybe I'll have someone hold it down here. <laughs> Before I read, is, I, I want you to, I, wa- I want to just give you a little bit of background because I want you to listen to a very specific piece of today's passage. There are three people talking in this passage. There's a synagogue leader, a rabbi, a leader of the Jewish people. There's Jesus, who has something to say. And then at the end, there's the others. Each of them have a message. Each of them have words And those words have power. 
And so as I read this passage this morning, I ask that you'd be listening for the synagogue leader. What does Jesus say? And what do the others say? And if you do, you'll have all three points figured out already. Pretty good, huh? It says, while he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him and so did his disciples. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if only I touch his cloak, I will be healed. And Jesus turned and saw her and said, take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw a noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up. News of this spread throughout all the region. May God add his blessing as we continue to worship him this morning in song. Lord, we come to you this morning. We're thankful to be here. Lord, we ask for forgiveness for our short-sightedness for an inability to see your hand and hear your voice. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, I pray it would be powerful because you are powerful. That you would remind us that words have power. Thank you for your word. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Hold on one second on the video, guys. Just real quick. I got I to gotta set it up because it's not real long. So I wanted to start out, of, I got a video for you this morning. It's another, another good installment of my life. Uh, so just a, a precursor to this video, the, my eldest daughter and my granddaughter will be home at the end of May for a visit. And so as we've been making preparation for that, uh, I think my eldest daughter is setting me up. So I got this video this week, and it reminded me of the power of words. And oh, I didn't let the kids go, but that's okay. You guys will appreciate this, and then I'll, I promise I'll cut you loose. Don't worry. Uh, so this is a video that I got on my Facebook uh, a couple days ago. Go ahead. Okay, all you guys, all you, you little guys can go. <laughs> That's how you get donuts, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, just, yeah, just to clarify, that's my granddaughter, and she's a little over two, and uh, I guess I'm buying mighty fine donuts. 
Then my youngest, my younger daughter, my youngest daughter said, me too, Papa. <laughs> oh. There's a lot of power in those words, is there not? She knows that I would drive two hours if Mighty Fine was two hours away to make sure that she had donuts. She doesn't even know what a Mighty Fine donut is. She will find out. <laughs> One of each, right? Put your finger in all these. This morning's passage, we're reminded again, uh, as we spend a couple weeks, this is the third week, we'll spend one more week, uh, reminding you, I'm, I want to remind you of our mission and our mission statement, to remind you about what uh, I believe God is calling us as a community at Greenfield to do, and, and to remind you uh, that our mission statement is this, to be neighbors, to make neighbors, and to build God's neighborhood. That's important. And as we've been looking at this passage, we've been looking at how Jesus heals and uh, some of his healing ministry in Matthew chapter 9. And actually, if you didn't notice, we've, we've been in chapter 9 the whole time. And we're gonna, next week will be the last little piece of chapter 9. And this week is, a, is the ministry of when Jesus heals two women, a woman and a, a young lady. And we see... Uh, they're in both very difficult spots. See, the woman has been bleeding for 12 years. She's exhausted all her finances and used up all her energy and over all this time has become hopeless. No one has been able to help her, to give her relief, to solve the problem. She's weak and worn out with few, if any, options. It's not like it wouldn't be extremely awkward for her to tell Jesus what was going on. But she has no other options. So she talks to herself. If only I could touch the cloak of his hem, of his garment, my things would be taken care of. Each of us have struggled with different infirmities. Things that we're helpless to change on our own. We've got into a spot, a pickle, a, a hole. We've came to this place where we can't get out of. We want to change, but it's not that easy. This woman is no different than the rest of us. This morning's scripture passage, as we have looked at the words and the power of words, I'm reminded that what we say brings life, and what we say can bring death. And that maybe, 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 maybe we should account our words much closer than we do. We see this synagogue leader, right? We're going to start out there this morning. I want to start out with the importance of asking. There's power in asking Jesus to do something in your life. It says, while he was, well, Jesus was, was standing there, a synagogue leader, a rabbi, came 
and knelt before him. And he said, my daughter has just died. Come and lay your hands on her and she will live. This wasn't a nobody. This wasn't a homeless person. This was a leader of the Jewish people. A religious leader of the Jewish people. And he knew he needed to go and find Jesus. There was no other hope. There's another, uh, uh, in another gospel, it talks about that she was almost dead. And, and what he has said is that she probably died on the pro- in the process of getting to Jesus. The synagogue leader, even though he didn't have what we would call a Christian faith, had faith that Jesus would take care of the problem he had. He had nowhere else to turn. I wonder how often, I know how often, that people walk into the sanctuary and walk right back out the sanctuary and never ask Jesus for healing. See, I hear the conversations. I'm asked to pray. I know the stories. We walk in with a burden. We walk right back out with that burden. We fail to ask Jesus to heal us from our struggles. We fail to ask Jesus to heal someone we love very much. I spent all week trying to figure out why. The naive, simple part of me says, I don't want to bother Jesus with my problem. Right? There are people that have worse problems than I have, so I don't want to bother him because he doesn't have time for everybody, so I just won't ask. Because there are people who are worse off. There are people who are starving. There are people who struggle. There are people who are in nursing homes or in the hospital, and mine's not that big a deal. That's a great answer. I don't think it's the truth. I think the struggle is this. It's hard to put our heart out there and believe that Jesus will heal our problem. And so if I don't ever say that I need some healing, then I won't ever have to be disappointed if God does it differently than I expected. So if I just never put it out there, if I just say it in my head, if I just think it, God can hear my thoughts and maybe that'll work. If I don't share it with my Sunday school class, if I do share it with my Sunday school class, they're going to ask me how it went or how I did or if God is actually working. And then I might have to tell them that it's not as good as I thought it was going to be. It's just easier to not ask. I'm amazed that we come into this sanctuary. And we, can't, we come asking God to work in our lives and then we fail to ask him for what we need. If you believe he can heal you 
and you believe in the power of prayer, why wouldn't you ask? This rabbi, he believed that Jesus could bring his dead daughter back to life. That's powerful to me. The challenge in this passage for you is to ask. I'm not asking that you come up. You don't have to come up here. You don't have to do that but I guarantee you there's someone in your life, in your faith walk, that needs to hear what you have to say and that you need to share that together in prayer with Jesus. I wrote this line down. I like it. It says, a little transparency goes a long way. We're really not good at transparency, are we? We come to church and we put our nice clothes on we Make sure we got our collar in order and got, see, yep, every button's up. I always check my zipper because that'd be awkward if it didn't. Just, just being awesome. They're honest, awesome, honesty. I'm being awesome too, yeah. There's a joke behind that. If you wear dress pants, there's a, there's a button, there's a, there's a hook clip, there's, and there's two buttons. And, and I have ADD or ADHD or some nice little letters. And so the problem is that sometimes... There's three things, so i got to get two buttons and a latch. And by the time I get two buttons and a latch, I forgot about the zipper. And so, so my big fear is that I'll walk in here with my zipper down because I've already had to do two buttons and a latch. Uh, so I've gotten in this habit every Sunday, I always make sure to check the zipper. A little transparency goes a long way. If you want God to heal, to heal you, you have to ask him for what it is that you are struggling with. It's a really cool passage in Psalm, Psalm 40. It happens to be one of my favorites. I got lots of favorites, but this is another one of my favorites. And I just want to share this with you. I didn't put it on the screen because I thought it'd be more powerful to read it. Uh, you're more than welcome. I'd love for you to open your Bible. I didn't need that anyway. Psalm 40. I just want to read you a couple verses of it. Psalm, it's a psalm of David. David says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined and heard my cry, or he turned to me and heard my cry. Can you see David crying out to God? Now let's look at where David was at that moment. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. Have you ever felt like you were in the mud and the mire and the quicksand? In a hole that you couldn't get out. Obviously that's where David's at at this moment. He's in a mud pit of life. And he cries out to God. Here's what God says he'll do. He set my feet upon a rock. He gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth. 
a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in Him. David was crying out in, in obviously a very rough moment of his life. And God put a new song in his mouth. David cried out to God and he put him in a, new, a firm standing. Verse 3 is most powerful to me. So he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. It wasn't about what David did or what David's buddies did or what the, the army did. It wasn't about uh, the circumstances or how good he was or how bad he was. It wasn't anything about David. It was about God. It was about how God was working in David's life. This, this piece is so simple. That's probably why I love this passage. Cry out to God. Let Him lift you out of the mud and the mire. And then give Him the praise. Give Him the praise. First you have to ask. I'm going to talk just a little bit about the woman. This woman who heard about this Jesus fellow. And she has. She has nothing left. No way to turn. Nowhere to go. No place to change. There's, she's done. She doesn't have 12 years. We complain after 12 days, do we not? If I have a cold for more than 12 days, I'm squawking, Right? We get the flu, the average flu is what, three to four days, and we're, we're done. This woman bled for 12 years. We have to ask ourselves, how many times did she just ask if it would be more important to just end her life? I wonder how many times she got in her head in her own head, and said, I've had enough of this. I've walked this road, and I'm done. And yet, she comes upon Jesus. And I love this part. She says to herself, right? She says it with, she says within herself. You know what that means, right? She's thinking that. She doesn't verbalize what she's thinking. She's in, within herself, in her mind, she says, if I could only touch the hem of his garment, I will be whole. I'll be healed. And what does Jesus say to her? Does anybody remember what Jesus said? Take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. He calls her daughter. That's a very comforting comforting and empathetic uh, word to speak, reminding her that she is loved. The reality is in the Jewish faith, she probably was pushed away, just like the lepers, and the, the, because uh, there was life and death in blood. And the Levitical law tells us that if you're unclean, you stay away until you're clean. 
She'd spent so many times in her own head. I love this picture. Because so many of us get in our own heads. And we spend so much time beating ourselves up. I guarantee this woman said, I, obviously there's something wrong with me. God hates me. I have sinned. I've done something wrong. I'm not worthy. So many of us continually day after day beat ourselves up with what we say inside. We can't find healing because the healing's the problem's in our own mind. We want to blame people around us, but it's in here. We're in a jail in our minds. Preconceived notions, things we grew up with, ideas. I can still, and you know, you have the same things. I can still remember my Votech teacher in 11th grade saying, I never met a lazy farmer. And the assumption was I might have been the first one. That was, that was the assumption. Never met a lazy farmer before, he said. I'll show him. And you all have those. We have those things. We allow to run around in our mind. Run in circles and it entraps us. It holds us in. This woman had spent so much time alone feeling disregarded and, and removed from society and struggling to do life. And each of us know that we all have some issues with self-talk. Not good enough. I've done too much wrong. How would God ever forgive me for what I've done? get trapped in our minds. Jesus hears her, what she says in her mind. And he does heal her. I wanted to look for a verse that helped me remember that what's in our mind is not new cycle babble. It's not like the psychology piece of things. I spent a lot of time in that. And I wanted to make sure that I wasn't uh, being uh, talking about things that maybe really weren't in Scripture uh, back then, right? And so I look at I went I jumped two passages to Psalm 42, and this is David, and he says why he's talking to himself. He's act, actively talking to himself in a psalm. He says, "Why are you so downcast, O my soul? Why are you so disturbed?" He's talking to himself, right? We laugh at when people talk to themselves. We always say, as long as, you know, as long as they answer or don't answer, right? We are reminded that that's kind of silly. And yet, we do so often talk to ourselves. And David says, put your trust and hope in God. And I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. What we say to ourselves 
is powerful. If we have spent 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 years, whatever it is, telling ourselves that we're no good, that we don't line up, that we don't add up, that we're not worth it, going to be hard for Jesus to heal that. Can he? Absolutely. Will he? When you keep beating it over, you know, go around in a circle. There's a passage in Proverbs 18 that says, the words of a man's mouth are as deep waters and a wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. I challenge you, encourage you to look and find someone to, who will do that with you, who will encourage you and help you find your value as a believer in Christ, as a human being. In Lonzo's final weeks, one of the conversations we had more than once was this. He said, I don't know why God is keeping me alive. Maybe he's not done with me yet. But I don't know what it is that he wants to do. And so we had a discussion. Well, maybe, Lonzo, God has got you alive because he wants you to share with one of your nurses who he is. Maybe your family needs to see your faith in action. Maybe God wants to remind his people how he works through his people. Sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we walk away and we just shrug our shoulders. We don't know. God continues to work. There's a third voice in this passage. And I don't know if you heard it. Did you hear it? Anybody know what the third voice was? Here, let me help you. Whoop. Oh, I got it backwards. Anybody? The crowd. The crowd, exactly. Thank you, Lee. The crowd. And what did they do? They, they laughed, right? They, they laughed that Jesus said that this, this child would be raised from the dead. They laughed at him. Jesus said, get out of here. Go away. The girl is not dead but asleep. And they laughed at him. They had already, if you look, you look into the scripture, they had already started playing the music the death music. They had already started to mourn the loss of this child. That meant that they probably had already seen this child not breathing. And so they laughed. They laughed probably because they just couldn't believe that any way, shape, or form this child would come back to life. Jesus says, get out of here. He clears the, the house, does he not? 
He clears the house. Our words have power. Power to heal. Power to kill. I'll show you. Oops, my bad. I don't know if you can see that. I don't know how well it does show. I got cut off a little bit. There's a hand around that child's neck and their words. I can't help but think about the things that come out of our mouths and the way we talk to each other, spouses or wherever, kids, parents. And how painful the things we say can be to others on the other side. We can only assume that this crowd was in some way, shape, or form related to the family of this child. And they laughed at the idea that Jesus could raise this child from the dead. Talk about adding salt to a wound. Here, let me help clear it up for you. This is what scriptures tell us. Your attitude should be the same as of Christ Jesus. And if you want to read the rest, I didn't put the rest on there. There's like uh, Psalm 2, it's like 6 through 10. It gives you some details of that. But this is, this is, this is the most important part. Our attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. We got some growing to do, church. If we want to see God working in us, we got some growing to do. This includes turning the other cheek. Does it not? All those hard things that Scripture brings out. All those things that are challenging to us. Letting those things go. Remember what Jesus said. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He also said, don't. He says, you know, he gives those people who have killed him a pass. They know not what they do. It's heavy. It's heavy. I want to just talk real quick about something that we usually do just about every week. We offer the altar, or I offer the altar, an opportunity to come up and pray. And once in a while, people come, and I, I appreciate that. But I know this. No less than 10 people per week, every week, come to me and say, would you pray with me? Would you pray about this? Would you Go to God for me for this. That's what I'm talking about when I say come to the altar. When I say to come and pray to God. You want to pray with me? I'd love to pray with you. More importantly, pray to God. I don't have magic powers. My dogs think I do. But I don't. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the scriptures say, listen... You know, all of us, if you're a believer in God, you can come to him and come to the throne 
and call upon him. You don't need an intercessor. You don't need someone in between. I know the challenge of standing up in front of people. I've done it a couple times. I know how hard it is to humble yourself in front of God and say, I can't fix this problem. I got it, and I don't know how to fix it. I have got myself in a pickle I can't get out of. If God's calling you to lay that at the altar, I can't help but think about all the self-talk things. Of all the things that we say about who we are, Remember this, you were created in his image. You're an image bearer of God himself. And I can remember an old meme, long before memes were a thing. And God don't make junk. If you need to lay something at the altar, man up, woman up grab some humble pie and come up here and share that with God. You don't have to share with me. I don't care. I'm not going to ask. But if you want to cement something in your life that you're trying to take care of with God, then come and do it. It seems ridiculous that you would carry it in, a big, nice, big, heavy garbage bag of junk, and then carry that same junk back, right back out the door. That seems silly to me. And it should seem silly to you when we say it. Maybe if we want to do that, we'll keep garbage and we can just, everybody bring your garbage in, bring your garbage back out. It'd be a great illustration, would it not? Everybody bring your own garbage. We'd get rid of our garbage a whole lot quicker, wouldn't we? Church, this is real Stuff is not about sitting in a pew and warming it. This is life and death, and we need to step up as believers in Christ. If there's healing to be had, it's through Jesus and Jesus alone. He tells us in 1 Peter, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He loves you. Me, I might love you, but I might get mad at you. He doesn't do that. Right? I promise you, I'm going to let you down. Try it or not, I'm going to let you down. I might try really, really hard to not let you down. And I'm still going to let you down. Jesus Christ will not let you down. Scripture's plain. It says it's really simple. Ask him into your heart. Ask him to change your life. Give him a chance to make the change. He doesn't say, get your life in order and then come see me. He doesn't say that. I just want to be clear about that. He doesn't say, you fix all your problems and then come see me and then we'll deal with you. He doesn't say that. He says the opposite. Come who all who are weary and heavy laden. Bring your junk to me, Jesus says. Bring your garbage to me and I will help you deal with it. It begins with a relationship with him. I'm amazed by how many ways and times 
and choices and chances that we try to do something other than that. We try to take care of it on our own. We try to, to do whatever, trying to figure out, we can, I can fix this on my own. Take it to God. That's what he's saying. Go to the source of the power. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I thank you that you healed people then and you heal people now. Lord, I thank you as I watch you work in our midst. And I'm reminded, Lord, of those whose brokenness have destroyed any ministry opportunities that, that might be in front of them. Lord, you have called us to come and cast our anxiety, our fears, our struggles, our trials upon you. As simple as it might sound, I pray, Lord, that you would open our hearts to hear that and to see that and to experience you today. In your name we pray. Amen.